For great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts, the TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. This is The Chris Smith Show on today's News Talk TNT Radio. G'day, g'day. Welcome to the program. We're coming to you live in living colour. A lot of television stations about 50 years ago used that slogan. We're coming to you in living colour when colour first came on to our television screens. Haven't we come a long way since then? We are broadcasting to you on a video platform, no doubt, a video platform that you choose on the internet, and that's how you're watching us right now. You can listen only. Uh, you're allowed to do that. You can listen or watch on the TNT Radio app or the TNT Radio website or, as I say, on the video streaming platforms everywhere in the world. It is good to have your company Thursday uh, I'm here in Australia. I'm broadcasting from Sydney, uh, as the background indicates. It is a hot day in paradise. I'll give you a weather report about 33 degrees in the city, close to 40 in our western suburbs. So uh, we love this. We love the hotter the better. Shortly, the destruction of New York City, one illegal immigrant at a time. Why it's become an urban disaster that the Biden administration doesn't know how to solve and won't even discuss a solution. I'll explain why they've ignored the mayor of New York. Plus the tragic murder of a 22-year-old student in New York, allegedly by one of these illegal immigrants. He is now charged. And that particular drama and controversy and murder is set to force a change in the law. I'll explain to you how this has been brewing uh, throughout the last couple of weeks. Our special analysis of all the big breaking news from the United States comes to us today from former Democrat and actor Natalie Beisner. She pulls no punches. Natalie, we always get good reaction when Natalie appears on the program. There's a lot to unpack today from Donald Trump's most unlikely supporters to the controversial comments about Christianity, where else on MSNBC? They cannot help themselves. Where else? Our resident military analyst, former intelligence officer Shane Healy, will be on deck today, and he's got a lot to say. Uh, there's a very Aussie bent to his segment. He'll discuss the latest threat to the safety of Australia and what that is. It's been listed by our spy agency, ASIO, who is the former MP who tried to link up a spy network with the family of a former prime minister? That is the question everyone in Australia is asking in political circles. This is what ASIO chief Mike Burgess has revealed overnight. Who is that person? And the controversy over a former soldier who committed suicide this week, despite pleading to numerous parties for some kind of help. We'll get Shane's take on that as well. From Down Under today, the King of the Australian Libertarians, John Ruddick, will join us to jump on the biggest stories from Australia, including what the Queensland Supreme Court victory against COVID vax mandates could mean for the rest of Australia. The ignorant Sydney mayor who's ordered for the removal of a statue of Australia's greatest navigator. This stuff irritates me to the max. And is Australia about to join Japan and Great Britain in recession? All of that with the freedom-loving John Ruddick on the program very shortly. Plus, even better than watching, listening, hearing from some of our great talent, 
uh, is joining the conversation. And you can do that via our talkback numbers. If you are listening or watching from the United States or Canada, love to hear from you. There's so much going on. one 888 is your number. From the UK, it's 033-0024-1026. And from Australia or New Zealand, 1-800-670-310. Let's get on with it. You're with Chris Smith. We're broadcasting live from the global news talk network, TNT. Going 360 on the headlines. It's really well-balanced conversation. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. You know, there are three major flashing red negatives driving down the chances of Joe Biden being re-elected to the White House for a second term in November this year. And the predominant issue, of course, as many of the polls are telling us at the moment, is Biden's mental acuity or lack thereof and his inability to articulate or even make sense of what his message is. He looks weak. And the rest of the world knows that America is being led by a weak president. And it's a huge electoral weakness, which is way worse than what we saw prior to the 2020 election. Now, the second issue is the cost of living. Do not underestimate this and how much this is paining Americans. And the administration's predilection to spend, spend, spend while people are poor, poor, poor. Um, And the other thing about spending is the fact that they keep pouring money into this waste of space war between Ukraine and Russia. And this, according to the polls, is what's irritating Americans as well. The two great, I think, with Americans whose ability to get through a pay period is less and less assured each and every month. They can keep throwing money at Israel, keep throwing money at Ukraine, but people in America are thinking about what's in their pocket. And then there's the shocking border crisis. Do not underestimate where this is going. Not only are honeypot cities like New York City, for instance, heaving under the pressure of daily arrivals of illegal immigrants, the food and housing bills are killing the city's economy. I'll have more on that in just a second. Now, the city has created, just get this, the number, in one sole year, 206 additional homeless shelters for illegal immigrants. That's not including shelters in parks. That's different. 206 additional homeless shelters. That's one every one and a half days, approximately. This is how Democrat Mayor Eric Adams described the crisis earlier this month. I don't see an ending to this. This issue will destroy New York City destroy New York City. Pretty heavy words for someone who likes to fly the flag for his city. He's saying it is crumbling. It's being destroyed. And it is destroying New York City and also destroying the relationship between key governments and key leaders. Listen to this. Because of the way Eric Adams has been rightly damning the Biden administration for the illegal immigrant crisis, the president came to New York over the weekend, and he stayed for four days. What's the biggest issue facing New York City? Illegal immigrants. And at no time did the President of the United States and Mayor Adams meet. What? Because Mayor Adams is calling it the way it is, President Biden is somehow upset 
at being called names and being accused of not knowing how to run a border policy? Well, the mayor is right and the president is dead wrong. So the ramifications of having a weak border policy is basically creating a whole new city welfare bill. And today, Joe Borelli, Republican for Staten Island, explained what that means. A city welfare bill, he says, greater than any other in the history of the United States. Unfortunately, this is the new normal. I mean, this is the, the result of over almost 120,000 people coming here in the last 18 months. There is almost nowhere to put them. We have leased almost every single hotel that was available. We've now opened 10 cities in multiple of our parks. But to give you an idea about the cost, $75,000 per person per year means that this city is basically starting the most expensive social welfare program any city has ever made in the history of this country. And it was done without any deliberation, without any legislative of oversight without any legislation. It was done because we decided to virtue signal as a sanctuary city, and now New Yorkers are left with the bill. Spot on. Couldn't put it better if I'd spent a half an hour designing what I need to, needed to say to sum it up. Spot on. That is the sum total. And there was some vision uh, shown today of some of these hotels where the illegal immigrants are staying because many, much of the media has been pushed out of these areas. Well, there was some footage today on Fox. The Roosevelt Hotel is trashed. The lobby area looks like a gigantic secondhand garage, trashed. And if all of that is not bad enough, this is why the border crisis is fast becoming the number one issue for Americans leading up to November. The links now between newly arrived illegals and crime and crime gangs is getting out of control. Watch this build up as we head into the latter part of 2024. The case which is loudly underlining the terrible dangers associated with illegal entrance is that of murdered Georgia nursing student, Lakin Hope Riley. Now, if you've been in New York in the last two weeks, everyone is talking about this case. The 22-year-old was allegedly beaten to death by an illegal immigrant who was previously arrested in New York City. The even greater controversy is that Jose Antonio Ibarra was free as a direct result of a recent New York City law that severed ties between the NYPD and the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Unit. Let me explain. Young Lake and Riley was simply going on a run on her university campus when she was so badly beaten during the murder that her skull was disfigured. Ibarra, a Venezuelan national, entered the US illegally in 2022 and was granted border parole, which basically allows non-citizens to temporarily enter the country due to an emergency or humanitarian reason. It's kind of like the stamp that everyone gets. Once in New York, though, he was arrested in August and charged with acting in a manner to injure a child under 17 and a motor vehicle license violation. But the Immigration Unit and NYPD, well, under this new law, they don't share these details anymore. And so when he was caught again, he was freed, not deported, as is the usual process. Not deported, freed. And it's all part of making New York progressives pleased and happy because they have become what's called the sanctuary city. 
for illegal immigrants. There are some people in New York who thinks this who think this is a great outcome. Can you believe it? Anyway, it's that twisted, blind, and overgenerous policy or law which led directly to the death of Lakin Pope Riley. Now, thankfully, the murder and controversy that followed has now forced the New York mayor to publicly support altering those slack new laws. This week, Republicans named new proposed legislation Lakin's Law in memory of the girl who's become a victim of appalling federal border policy. It's an issue which on its own may very well destroy the Democrats' hold on the White House. This is TNT. TNT's Jeremy Nell, a gentleman in the UK who um, was falsely accused of rape and he spent four years behind bars. Now, John, this is a this is a tricky situation. You, you're talking about a very ser- a very serious crime here. The problem is, is that the establishment sides with women, which is why he ended up in jail. Yeah. But he, di- he didn't rape her. So I've got a question for you. What should happen to those women? Yeah, I, I felt very, very strongly, Jeremy, because I, and this is why, one reason why I quit the teaching profession, I had 20 years as a school teacher. Um, when this girl accused me, it, it was all vindictive. It was uh, c- kind of get you back for, for, you know, putting her in a place kind of thing. She couldn't accept discipline. Um, the retaliation, it cost me a year without pay as a school teacher. I, I was on, you know, unemployed and effectively lost. I lost my career in the community. I had to move to a different part of the country. Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk TNT. TNT is an independent global news talk station that does what others only say they do. TNT is a live radio and TV broadcaster that simply tells the truth 24 hours a day, seven days a week. No one in the world does what we do. Crisscrossing the globe, providing credible news and opinion all day and all night. In two and a half years, TNT has become a credible and exciting platform with brilliant hosts and staff. It's a critical time, and we must continue to call out the misinformation and propaganda from mainstream media and their powerful sponsors. We're now appealing to our many friends and supporters around the world to go to TNTradio.live and make a small donation to TNT while we seek the right investors to continue our important mission. Listen. Listen up! Now listen, we gotta talk. It's what we do best. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Uh, Great to have your company. Let's get right into this. As I reported on the program yesterday, Michigan voters in Tuesday's Democratic primary, they sent a clear warning to the White House that Joe Biden's support for Israel's war in Gaza could cost him dearly in the presidential election in November. There's a factor we haven't really spoken about. Activists encourage voters to withhold their votes from President Biden and instead mark the box uncommitted as a protest. More than 100,000 voters did exactly that. Let's bring in our guest live from LA to discuss this and more. Natalie Jean Beisner is a political content creator, former Hollywood actress, atheist and lifelong liberal who walked away from the Democratic Party back in 2020. She's now a conservative Christian and passionately pro-life. Natalie Beisner, welcome to TNT once again. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me. Oh, we've got stacked to get through. There's a lot of ha- there's a lot <laughs> happening. President Biden easily won the Democratic primary with 81% of the vote, but 
Such a protest vote could be decisive come November. What's your reading of all of this and what are you starting to see emerging from these primaries? Yeah, I think that Biden should be very worried. Uh, the media is trying to paint it as they both should be worried. But at the end of the day, Trump had a higher voter turnout uh, than did Biden. And uh, so if the primary turnout translates to the general, I know a lot could happen between now and then, uh, then Trump will take Michigan. And Michigan has been a very close race, <laughs> regardless of what happened in 2020 and, and what you you know maybe believe happened fraudulently or not. Uh, Biden, quote unquote, won it by a very narrow margin. And in 2016, Trump won it by a very narrow margin and even narrower one. So it's important. And um, I think there's a big reckoning going on, as we've spoken about before in the Democratic Party, about mm. Biden's response to the Israel conflict and the entire Israel conflict. I know he's trying for a ceasefire this week, I guess. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but they're not happy and they're making it known. Very true. I think the whole idea of having a death toll that mounts above 30,000, although, as I understand it from the other side, they're saying that uh, 12,000 of those, 12 to 15, are Hamas fighters. I think the world has turned on Israel because of that more than anything else. Would you agree? I agree with that. Yeah. I, I Again, I think it's hard. As in the beginning, I I don't think we we have all the information, mm. um, but it seems like support for Israel has has waned. I think a lot of it also is just there's so much going on and, and there's Ukraine and there's Israel and more Americans are amenable to Israel. But it's also just at a certain point becomes very taxing, especially when uh, it's a struggle just to survive over here in general. Uh, we're very blessed, but it, I, I can't afford the things that I used to be able to afford. So I think it just becomes at a certain point enough is enough. And unfortunately, Biden can't please everyone he he ran as a very uh, middle of the road democrat but obviously we've seen he's he's had insanely progressive radical policies mm. and he cannot please that progressive side of his base and also the old school democrats and so he's kind of caught in the middle or whoever is pulling the strings is is caught in the middle that is a fair summary i think he is caught in the middle now a recent harvard caps harris survey found massive support for Donald Trump among, and this surprises me, Generation Z voters or Z voters, those currently between the ages of 18 to 24. Conservative commentator Victor Neves explains why. Have a listen to this. Trump's approval rating among young voters is now higher than in any other age demographic. Harvard Harris did a survey that found 57% of young voters approved of the job that Donald Trump did as president, while only 41% disapproved. Democrats are counting on the young vote to show up for them in 2024, and I can tell you right now, that's not going to happen. Joe Biden is destroying this country, and young people are not too stupid to understand that. Biden promised us he would build back better, and in reality, he just destroyed our future. He taxed us to death and sent our money to go fight foreign wars. He opened our border for invasion, demolished our economy. Gen Z is voting for Trump, and that should have Democrats very concerned for 2024. It surprises me that Gen Z is voting for Trump. You know, the Democrats historically have relied on Gen Z to maybe not get them over the line, but provide them with a foundation, a base. It's expected the Gen Z or the equivalent thereof in previous elections would support the left. What's going on here? 
Well, I'm I'm wary of counting chickens or eggs before they hatch, yes. so to speak. You know, I've heard reports also that he's gaining, Trump is gaining uh, quite a bit with black male mm. voters. And uh, all of it is is not terribly surprising. But again, I'm, I'm leery. Uh, but I, you know, he actually, it's actually 64% of Gen Z voters. It was 57% of all voters, 64, slightly higher percent of Gen Z voters, mm. which is a wonderful number. And honestly, if that is correct, uh, they are right. <laughs> They're right. You know, he promised to cancel student loan debt. He's kind of canceled some, uh, even though the Supreme Court said no. Yeah. And we have illegals getting, as you said, rooms in the Roosevelt Hotel with free things. And honestly, I, I don't want free things to go to really anyone, but they should go to Gen Z if they're going to go to anyone. I mean, we have an entire generation, too, actually, my generation, millennials and also Gen Z, who may never be able to afford houses, may never be able to afford to start families, were sold a false bill of goods. And the more that the government, both parties, really, but obviously the Biden regime has added to to it exponentially, the more that they pile on debt, that is a debt to our children and our grandchildren. Yeah. These people in office are never going to pay that, never going to see the reckoning for that. And I hope that Gen Z is is becoming wise. Certainly the young men seem to be. And I hope that it shows in November. I wonder whether a lot of this has got to do with catching the attention of younger people on a social media platform. Because Trump and his team do a fairly good job of social media. They they tend to capture attention. He's a a compelling kind of speaker, so he's always got a funny line, which then gets mentioned on various platforms. And yet Biden doesn't have the same doesn't have the same grab, you know, for that. Maybe they expect that demographic to vote for you know vote for him anyway, so they don't try and go for him. But I just think that maybe. He's got through a social media route to capture the hearts of these 18 to 24s. I hope so. I think, honestly, that the GOP has a long way to go in terms of harnessing social media and uh, speaking to a younger audience. I think the Democrats have that locked in. I right. think the issue this year is that Biden has lost a lot of the cool points he had in 2020. He wasn't Trump. Everyone hated Trump. COVID. He was friends with the cool black president. And now everyone sees him as kind of like this pathetic old guy. Nothing has gotten better. We see him getting worse and worse. A lot of these kids were very young when Trump Trump was in office. They weren't old enough to vote. They, when Biden was VP, et cetera. So I think really what it is, is that people just hate Biden. I, I mean, I, I personally love Trump. I hope that it's that. I think he's hilarious. He's great at all this. But I think really what it is, is disillusion with, with Biden and that the GOP still has a long way to go in terms of reaching younger voters because we do Very not cool. have that locked in. Fair call. I want to go back to my comments at the start of the program. I referred to the migrant crisis in New York City. We know what Eric Adams said a couple of weeks back and how it's destroying New York. Uh, Generation Z in New York City is surely getting a clear picture of, you know, physically a clear picture of how much it has rolled through the city because there are 206 additional homeless shelters being provided over the last 12 months for illegal immigrants. So it's so tangible. You can see it all. You just have to go to the, the big hotels where they're staying and you've got lineups outside. You've got, you know, baskets and also trolleys full of junk that they've collected or taken from where they've come from. It is a picture and you can see it. It's tangible. You can touch it. I just think this is going to grow and grow 
and be a dirty big red mark against the Biden administration. I agree. You know, it's funny. Uh, Republicans seem to be at least six months ahead in the, in the news, if not more. Um, but I am grateful to see this immigration crisis that's frankly been going on for years now coming to the mainstream and even CNN and Democrats are recognizing it. Obviously, the Lake and Riley thing is an absolute tragedy. Mm. Uh, but the mayor of Athens, you know, was shouted down in a press conference because he sort of tried to tacitly blame it on Trump and the rhetoric that he had in 2019, uh, which is insane. And then he mentioned Charlottesville, which really has nothing to do with anything. So I, I am grateful to see that more voters, regular American people are starting to wonder what the heck is going on and has been going on for the last three years at the border. And as I said towards the back end of my comments, we're starting to see some links between illegal immigrants and crime. Mm. Um, and you mentioned um, the young student there, the 22-year-old girl who was bashed to death with a blunt instrument. Um, you, you know that that's going on, but also there are links to crime gangs, which has been widely reported by newspapers in New York. This is where people will be seeing more and more of the negative results of allowing too many people in from too many countries too often. Agreed. Yes, <laughs> it's a, we need a shared. I, I personally have a different view on immigration. I think we should tamp down even on legal immigration. I know that's not necessarily popular even among conservatives, but we have rules and, and regulations for a reason. Nations don't exist without borders. We have no shared, let alone language, we have no shared moral framework or anything going on with these people. And we we're not vetting these people coming in. And then again, as we pointed out multiple times before, this is the side who claims to care about women. I would argue that both sides do, claims to care about assaults and things like that. And then we let, she's not the first one, she won't be the last. We let things like this happen at the expense of the American people. And at the end of the day, not all of these people are assailants. Not all of them are bad people. Certainly most of them are probably not, but they're all criminals. They're criminals. The first act that they did in this nation yeah. was a crime. And we seem to want to forget that. And it's at our own detriment. At our own detriment and the detriment, as Eric Adams says, of, you know, the history and the foundation of New York City. It's being destroyed. He's the mayor. He should know. I want to take a quick break. I've got to get to news and get an update for our listeners and our viewers. Thank you, Natalie. Stay right there. We'll be back with you in just a second. We're going to talk about Hunter Biden, who had his day in a closed court uh, today, which was very interesting indeed, denying everything being alleged by the committee. Let's go to the uh, update now on TNT. Now, I've got, I've got good news and, and bad news. TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. Following a period of increased tension, France is seemingly looking to thaw its diplomatic relations with Morocco. The longest serving Senate leader in US history and arguably one of the most controversial has announced he's stepping down from the top job. And Hunter Biden, the son of US President Joe Biden, has testified behind closed doors as part of the Republican-led House's impeachment inquiry into his father. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab or Getter? Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. All right, let's get on with our discussion with Natalie Beisner. The president's son, Hunter Biden, faced questions on Wednesday, Natalie in a closed-door deposition as part of the House Republicans' impeachment inquiry into the president, 
Representative Matt Gates told reporters his highlight of Hunter's testimony. Have a listen. There were a number of interesting moments, but perhaps none more interesting than when Hunter Biden told us that he uh, joined the Burisma board to counter Russian aggression. I, I hadn't heard that one before, that thank goodness we had Hunter Biden on the Burisma board uh, because that was uh, central to his strategy to stand up to Vladimir Putin. Has he so, taken the fifth at all? No, he's, has, answer, he's, he's, he's been responsive to questions. Has yeah. he told you exactly what value he brought to any of these wars, any of these companies yet? Have you guys asked him that? Yeah, we've asked those questions, and there is, there is an illusory value. It is a mirage to believe that Hunter Biden was engaged in international business. This was uh, a bribe masquerading as an international business transaction. Nothing more, nothing less. He's full of excuses, this guy. Um, and the latest, of course, is that he joins this corporation as one of the board members because he's there to fight the good fight against the <laughs> Russians. Boy, oh boy, is he full of it. Uh, I think so. I'm I'm interested to read the the transcript of, of this. Uh, you know, we're hearing different things, of course, from from both sides of the aisle, as per usual. Um, that he was defiant and and in conflict with some other witnesses that we've heard from. So, um, you know, I I would want to see what actually happened behind those doors. And, you know, as James Comer has said, uh, what they've learned each time is that the Bidens did not have a legitimate business. And, uh, you know, Representative Nancy Bays pointed out that she's also been a business owner and she's never had her father on the speakerphone during business meetings, you know. So there's a lot of odd things that have happened here. And I would like to try to get to the bottom of it. But he's so generous, Hunter, you know, going over <laughs> free of charge, to another part of the world to be on a board to fight the good fight against an authoritarian regime. Like, uh, why don't we do it with everyone? We could get some of the most talented Americans around, <laughs> send them to every authoritarian country or nearby country to the authoritarian regime, and they could fight the good fight for us for free, as Hunter did. It's just amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I guess we need him back since uh, things don't seem to be going very well. With, <laughs> no, no, exactly. With pressure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe and then, you know, fault. he tries to deflect the blame onto Kushner and, and wh why don't you investigate him, et cetera. And, and the bottom line is that I believe, as I think many Americans believe, uh, that they were doing business with the CCP and, and Hunter was being enriched in the process that yeah, Joe Biden was yeah, <laughs> taking a bribe. So, yeah, it'll uh, hopefully get to the truth soon. Now, on Sunday, California Governor Gavin Newsom unveiled a series of TV ads on abortion. He accuses conservative officials of holding women hostage by imposing restrictions on their travel in accessing out-of-state abortions. How do you think Americans will respond to that stuff? Uh, well, abortion, I understand, has not been a winning issue necessarily for Republicans. Uh, morally, there is one justified position. And this is also something to keep in mind that probably the left will never hear. This is in response to a Tennessee law proposed that would stop the trafficking of minors without parental consent across state lines for abortions. Mm. So whatever your thoughts about abortion, I, I would hope we could all agree, but I understand that the modern day Democratic Party does not. Uh, that you cannot have 
children, minors, do things without parental consent, especially irreversible things and, and medical procedures. Uh, but of course, he's going to paint this as we are literally locking up women in hospital rooms and forcing them to give birth, uh, which is not the case. It's just it's just such a cheap ploy on this continued and tired line that this is some kind of Handmaid's Tale adjacent thing to just not uh, in the life of your preborn child, <laughs> nothing to do with the Handmaid's Tale at all. Um, so I don't know. I I hope that people, I, I it's a I tough hope issue. I'll see through I it. I think win. they will see <laughs> through it, Natalie. I, I hope so. I, I want Republicans to win, but I also know that this there is one correct position on, on life. And I understand the arguments on both sides about winning incrementally, as Trump wants to do, you know, piece by piece. But I also understand that the compromise on this is, is very challenging. But again, we're talking about trafficking people, minors across state lines. And I think that this points to the fact that at the end of the day, we're going to have to have a federal government decision on when yeah. human life begins. Yeah. Because we cannot keep it this way where different states have different things. I understand Mad. we're a republic, but this is a hu- this is the issue of human life. We've never had this since slavery. So yep. we cannot just have different ideas of when human life begins. On the issues of abortion and the issues of how to run an election, uh, I think America is so fragmented that's got to come from a federal ruling. You're quite right. All right, let's talk about MSNBC. I've got to start watching MSNBC because some of these incredible comments and incredible statements are just flowing from the mouths of their guests. Politico (laughs) correspondent Heidi Prisbyla, well, she made a wild claim about Christians during a recent appearance on MSNBC. Have a listen. The one thing that unites all of them, because there's many different groups orbiting Trump, but the thing that unites them as Christian nationalists, not Christians, by the way, because Christian nationalists is very different, mm-hmm. is that they believe that our rights as Americans, as all human beings, don't come from any earthly authority. They don't come from Congress. They don't come from the Supreme Court. They come from God. Natalie, um, I don't know what kind of <laughs> Bible or rule book or pricey conclusion she has been reading, but most of what she said was just BS. Well, she hasn't been reading the Declaration of Independence or really anything about our nation's founding. Uh, yeah, it, it's, I think this goes back to taking away civics class classes. Honestly, before I got involved in politics, I didn't really understand a lot of this either, and I was well-educated. A lot of people, I think, left and right don't understand Uh, the importance, the significance of the fact that human rights come from our creator, Uh, because if they come from anywhere else, they can be taken away and justifiably so by the majority, by the king, by the Trump, who's the quote unquote fascist taking over democracy, they can be taken away and it would be justified. And again, a lot of these people going back to abortion believe they still have a right to an abortion, even though they never did. And even though the governing body says they don't, So they actually do understand the concept of believing that they have rights regardless of what the governing body says, but they refuse to acknowledge that there's a God. And of course, if these people understood anything, uh, no Christian, whatever they think a Christian nationalist is, no Christian wants to force you to bend the knee to Christ because that takes away the entire point of accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. Uh, that is not any, that nowhere in the Bible is it about forcing people to come to Christ uh-huh. because that would be false. So yeah. I don't know what this boogeyman is that these people have in their heads. But again, no matter what you believe about Christ or Christianity, 
our nation is founded on Christian principles. The founding fathers were deists. I'm not saying they were hardline Christians, uh, but that's the reality. And when you start to ignore that, you get into a very slippery slope of now we can take away your rights. Do you think the slamming of Christians by the political left is increasing? I do. I do. I, I The world over, I mean, I know we're very focused on, on Israel right now, and justifiably so, and things going on with uh, the Jewish community, but the world's over. Christians are the most persecuted religion, uh, and it's okay in, in, in most parts of the world, especially in the U.S., where Christians are the majority. There's this idea that Christians are all white for some reason, and mm. uh, it's false, and it's no one wants to stand up it's it's the only religion that I can think of. Again, I know there's been a lot of attacks on the Jewish community where it's just okay. And no one bats an eye that we're doing this to Christians, that we speak this way about Christians, mm. uh, which is absolutely absurd because, again, our nation is a Judeo-Christian nation and, and these principles are there even if you want to bat an eye. And in fact, it's the fact that we are founded as a Christian nation, a Judeo-Christian nation, yes. that gives you the freedom to practice a different religion or to claim to be an atheist or agnostic. If we were not a Christian nation, if we were, say, like an Islamic nation, you wouldn't have that freedom. Uh, so we should all be grateful yes, for that. But again, that these is, people are ignorant and uninformed. That is the argument for her. That is the truth. And that is the argument that we should be uh, ensuring that she has backed her. But, you know, imagine, I'm just thinking, imagine that kind of aggressive disdain for the Islamic religion. Can you just imagine how that community would react? Exactly. Well, yeah, that's probably why they'll be the future, because they would not react well. Yeah. And if there's anything that I can hand to, you know, my Muslim brothers and sisters, that is that they are seem far more uh, married to their faith than a lot of Christians, a lot of Jewish people, almost mm. anyone else, certainly the agnostics and the atheists running around that seem so popular on X. And so I think the future, as we've seen, uh, again, in Michigan, that was an Arab Muslim community. Uh, we've seen that the world over, the Western world over, that the Muslim community is growing. And I think that that is because they they have children, they have families, and they practice their religion. And they will not tolerate, for better or worse, the way that people speak about them disparagingly. So I, I'm true. not saying Christians take a note out of all their pages, but we we are far too tolerant in, in many respects. Um, I understand we have free speech, but we need to fight back uh, verbally first uh, because this is all nonsense. And it's Stand just, up for what you believe in, in other words. Yes, always. Yeah. Always all right, life. a new Rasmussen report poll shows Michelle Obama, former First Lady, is a leading choice to replace President Joe Biden as the Democratic Party candidate for the presidential elections. Um, do you see this as likely? Is it just a pipe dream? Is it just someone being creative during a very boring campaign? What do you think? I don't know. They ask at CPAC too, and the conservatives seem to think that if anyone, they the majority thought he'll be replaced and they thought it would be her. If, yeah. if she's going to, he can't, he cannot do, I don't even think he can do the rest of this year. Um, no. I, he can't do the next four years and it no. certainly can't be Harris. So Newsom or Obama or Newsom and Obama together on a ticket. I mean, yeah, but she, you know, she's, she's been coy about it for years now. She said she won't do it, but then she was just recently on a podcast saying that the election keeps her up at night and we're going to lose the democracy and the government does everything for us and we have to appreciate it. So I, I think she's toying with it. I, I, I don't know. I don't totally buy that she's moved on in life. But you, you're right about the Republicans at CPAC on the weekend or late last week. 
there was a straw poll and uh, it was Michelle Obama who ended up being uh, the choice, the nominee. So the Republicans know that they can be beaten or possibly beaten against Michelle Obama. So that surely is an invitation to the Democrats to get their house in order. They should be considering this seriously. I think so. I think yeah. they are. I think there's power behind the scenes that that will move things and enforce her hand. And uh, yeah, I think that the reason Biden won in 2020, like I said, is he was running off that high of being the VP of Obama and they walked around the White House and ate ice cream and high fived. And Michelle yeah. still has that that mystique about her. People like it and certainly yeah. people buy the black woman thing. So yeah, I think it's a threat. Yeah, I think it is a threat. Now to Chicago, um, a police officer there is suing the city to change his race on his official records after the department said it would allow officers to freely change their gender to match their identity. I love this. <laughs> uh, I think it's just more par for the course in clown world. Uh, but he's right. He's right. Uh, I have more in common with a, a black woman than I do with a male. So if we can be transgender, then we should be able to be transracial. Uh, yes. But no one wants to acknowledge that uh, there's no genetic marker for transgenderism, just like there's no genetic marker for transracialism. And if it's all based on feelings, if I can't tell you that you don't feel like a woman, Chris, yeah. then you can't tell me that I don't feel black. I mean, that Correct. is just the bottom line of it. So go And it, it underlines, the argument underlines how stupid the previous argument is. Uh, exactly. Yes. And it's, again, it's this hypocrisy of the left where it's whoever's the most oppressed and no two of their points match up together. And yeah. of course, this poor man has been passed over for uh, promotions, according to him, because they're largely given to black cops. And it's it's just absolutely absurd. You know, we have a shortage of cops. It's Chicago of all places. So what exactly are we doing here? Yeah. What is what exactly are we doing here? I hope this goes all the way. I hope he creates a pain in the butt for this force mm -hmm. and for the uh, for the Illinois state governor as well, because this is the way you explain a stupid argument, because that's just as stupid as the transgender mm -hmm. argument as well. I've yes. got to leave it there. Um, pity we can. <laughs> we, we can't go further. But anyway, we'll catch up again very soon. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you, Chris. Good Bye -bye. on you. Natalie Beisner from L.A., um, terrific uh, political content creator. You can go to her um, X account and you can follow her. She's um, very, very active and very, very opinionated, which we love. Have you say she uh, meddles in free speech or she is a free speech maestro. We like it. Natalie Beisner on the program. We'll take a break. If you've got something to say, it doesn't matter whether we've said it already or you can set the agenda, you can have your opinion about your own important topic will do so. Pick up the telephone. It's not hard. You can phone through from the United States or Canada on 1-888-201-6425. Give us a call from the UK, uh, 033 I've got a few stories coming out of the UK. One of them in particular is just as stupid as a police officer claiming they are not black when they are black in Chicago. And from Australia and New Zealand, you can call on 1-800-670-310. Looking forward to hearing what you have to say. This is Chris Smith on TNT. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Well, the gals of The View were at it again, this time defending the Biden family dog commander after it was revealed that the dog had been viciously attacking Secret Service agents for a long time. 
His name is Commander. The report found that there were at least, this is a lot, this is a lot. 24 <laughs> incidents of him biting folks. Well, it makes you wonder, what did he see that nobody else saw? Yeah, right? Really, Whoopi? Well, she wasn't finished. And she wasn't the only one on the view panel to make a fool of herself. All you gotta do is look at him. Look, look at, at him. Can you show that picture again? Look at his He's like, that's boy. right. Yeah. I'm walking. Listen I'm walking here. Like... I'm walking here. Yeah. Woo -woo. Listen to his name, Commander. That's He's in right. charge. He's I'm a, a bite giant. He's a guard dog. <laughs> right. you know, that's, that's why woo -woo, Brian. I, I think people don't understand. You know, a lot of people just don't understand. Some things when it comes to dogs, it's just innate. It's part of their nature. Leave it to Sonny. Are you kidding us? Are you really kidding us? It's their nature? Whose dog goes around attacking people? Yours? Mine? Unbelievable. And if this had been Donald Trump as president and his family dog attacked Secret Service agents, harming them, hurting them, causing them to get stitches, and you know what? They'd be saying Donald Trump should lose his Secret Service protection. What a joke. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT. I said, could she die? And the doctor said she could. It was so scary. When I started clawing at my neck and trying to breathe, and I thought, you know, what are we going to do if I die here? <laughs> How's everyone gonna go on? When someone's gravely sick or injured in the bush, they rely on the Royal Flying Doctor service. But now the Flying Doctor needs your help to fund vital medical equipment and supplies. Please search Flying Doctor online to give a regular gift of just $10. You can help equip the Flying Doctor's teams to respond to any emergency anywhere. Search Flying Doctor online. Become a part of the Royal Flying Doctor service and help save lives in the bush. This is The Chris Smith Show on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Just in reference to one of the topics we spoke with Natalie about, which is this slamming of Christianity on MSNBC by one of their guests. Um, interesting to hear what Chimp Watch says on our chat box, which is on tntradio.live. Uh, the Constitution was formed on the charter of the Magna Carta based on the King James Bible, which is, in essence, what Natalie was tried to, tried to explain and is exactly the argument that should have been slapped back at her from the host of MSNBC. But, of course, they are on the side of progressives who slam Christianity. It's open season on Christians, mainly because, as Natalie pointed out, we're not standing up for our own religion. We're not. We're not prepared to stand up firm, hard, um, without equivocation, except unless you're a, 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 you know, a Muslim. They do that. Now, many of them go beyond what is required, uh, re beyond what is civil, and they should be condemned for that. But many of them just stand up for their God, for the makeup of their religion. Um, there are foibles very much so in the Islamic religion, but at least they stand up for what they believe in. Um, we also mentioned Donald Trump and this business that is occurring at the moment where states are trying to stop him even being on the ballot. 
Well, have a listen. An Illinois judge, here we go, back to Chicago, an Illinois judge ruled Wednesday that the former president should be removed from the state's primary ballot because of the 14th Amendment ban on insurrections holding insurrectionists holding office. Illinois became the third state where Trump has been kicked off the primary ballot following Colorado and Maine. Both of those states' rulings are on hold pending an appeal of the Colorado decision in the US Supreme Court. Cook County Circuit Judge, Judge Tracy R. Porter, immediately stayed her ruling until Friday to give Trump time to appeal. The ruling also includes a stay if the US Supreme Court rules on Griswold versus Anderson, the lawsuit at the heart of the Colorado decision. Trump's campaign blasted the ruling. The Trump campaign spokesperson, Stephen Cheung, said this is an unconstitutional ruling that we will quickly appeal. Of course, it's unconstitutional. Who has decided factually and where it has it been tested factually that this was an insurrection? And even if it was tested and even if the facts were presented, I doubt very much whether they could find enough evidence to get over the line on an insurrection. Um, Porter said in her ruling that the Illinois Election Board's January decision to keep Trump on the ballot was clearly erroneous. In each of the cases, Trump's critics have argued he is ineligible to appear on the ballot based on Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. Trump has argued Section 3 does not apply to him while his campaign has expressed confidence, the Supreme Court will side with them. You see, there are two fronts here. He has elected to argue that it doesn't apply to him because of his position at the time. But the other argument, which, of course, I think is the clear, sensical, common sense argument, is where has this been tested? Where, apart from the media, has it been tested that he was involved in a, an intentional planning of an insurrection? Where? What court? I might have been off that week. Um, during oral arguments this month, Supreme Court justices across the ideological spectrum seemed inclined to let Trump remain on the ballot in Colorado. The Illinois primary, by the way, is March 19, not far away, and early voting is underway in the state. They've begun already. All very interesting. May the Supreme Court find in its wisdom that all this stuff being manufactured by some of the states, including Colorado, is thrown to the curb. Well, let me take you to Britain. Let me take you to, to the transgender cat. Yes, transgender cat. The crimes of a transgender cat killer and murderer will be officially recorded as having been committed by a woman, the UK Telegraph is reporting today. Scarlett Blake, 26, who was born male but identifies as a woman, so we're talking about a biological male, was sentenced to life with a minimum term of 24 years in prison on Monday for the murder of George Martin Carino in Oxford, having previously mutilated a cat. Blake has been sent to a male prison but was referred to as a woman during the trial. Now, we discussed this about eight months ago last year on the program with one of my guests about what happens when this male who identifies a female is convicted of a serious crime. What jail do they go to? Well, this particular female has gone to the male jail because at least jailers know that you cannot change your sex. You can feel like you want to, but you cannot change your sex because sex is binary. Men are men, women are women for life. 
Now, the case has sparked a major row with J.K. Rowling, lawyers and former ministers, among those criticising descriptions of Blake as a woman. And I told you what J.K. Rowling said yesterday on the program. There has also been a backlash against guidance that urges judges to allow defendants to choose whether they are referred to as a man or a woman in court. Thames Valley Police. You see, the reason I've got a problem with that is that if anywhere in our society the facts need to be clear and understood and adhered to, it's the courtroom. And so what's the courtroom doing? Redefining someone's sex or gender based on someone's whim. Why are they doing that? They deal more than any other institution in facts and what is right and what is understood. And yet they're willing to refer to someone in a courtroom by a term that they select as opposed to the sex or gender that they are. I don't get it. I'm sorry. Uh, Thames Valley Police has now confirmed to the UK Telegraph that Blake's crimes have been officially recorded as committed by a woman. Well, hang on a minute. Even though she was referred to as a woman in the court because she wanted to, it's a man. He has gone to a male prison. How can it be recorded as a committed by a woman when factually that is wrong? It's committed by a man who wants to be considered as a woman. That's what should have been on the record. A spokesman for the force said, we are required to record the gender of individuals when they are brought into our custody. Well, hang on a second. If, they're pro if they are required to record the gender of a person, why don't they find out what the gender is? The real gender, the factual gender, the at-birth gender. Um, Blake identified as a female when in custody. As such, Blake is recorded as female on our crime reporting system. So if I'd have been committed to stand trial and I'd have said to the judge, I'm a cat judge, you referred to me as a cat, does that mean the record would show that that crime was committed by a cat because I wanted to be considered as a cat. That underlines to me how zany that definition is on the official record. It was not committed by a woman. It was committed by someone who wants to be a woman but is a biological male. Why, why can't they get that through their head? I don't get it. They should be getting that through their head. Now, very quickly, I do want to stay with the UK because – this is Rishi Sunak's uh, attempt to stop free speech. Have a listen. Um, Rishi Sunak is upset that there are a number of protests going on that seem to be getting rather personal. And so he has warned police chiefs that mob rule is replacing democratic rule as he demanded they shut down protests against MPs amid an increase in threats sparked by the Gaza conflict. So hang on a minute. People should not have a democratic right to protest because it leads to wackos making death threats. Really? Hmm. Things are not necessarily perfect in this world, but in this case, what would be very imperfect was if we didn't allow people to protest about a government who supports a particular side in a war. Speaking after a meeting at number 10 with police chiefs to discuss threats to MPs, the Prime Minister said they must make full use of their powers to protect politicians. Well, the politicians are not in danger on the streets when the protests are occurring. But he makes out as if they are. 
protect politicians from threatening protests or risk losing public confidence in them. Gee. Gee, under the ruling of Rishi Sunak, protests are off the agenda. Watch out for that kind of control coming from a British government near you. Let's go to the news. We've got a news bulletin for you. We're going to come back and talk with John Ruddick, the Australian libertarian, and also Shane Healy, the former intelligence officer, about a number of military and spying issues as well. A lot on the agenda today. Do not go anywhere. This is Chris Smith on TNT. TNT.